Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I've never seen that. I've been reading the Bible for 20 plus years. I've never seen that before. He just went on and on. I've never seen it. I said, well, it's been in the Bible for 2,000 years. So I've been there for a long time. And he said, well, I've just never seen it before. Why? Because we have the Spirit of God to teach us. And every time you read God's Word, you will get something new and fresh out of it. You don't have to try to go deep. And folks who do try to go deep, they wind up teaching heresy. That's where heresy begins, because we're trying to get new, innovative, creative, and I got some new revelation. Listen, when I hear somebody tell me they got something new, beware, Will Robinson, beware. (laughs) You got something new? Somebody said it like this. If it's new, it's not true. And if it's true... It's probably not new. Isn't that true? I mean, really, really, we don't need to get deep in the word. We need to just simply continue in the things of God. And we need to keep our hearts in a place where familiarity is not breeding contempt, that we're finding ourselves listening to God's word, because if we don't give ear to what God has to say, we too will begin to clothe ourselves in this self-righteousness and start thinking of ourselves as religious. You'll find yourself doing the religious thing. And religion can't save you. I'm going to say that again because I think y'all will sleep. Religion can't save you. Jesus saves Religion has never saved anyone, and it never will. And the Jewish people, they felt that their religion, being clothed in their religious garment, gave them some access into the kingdom, that they were saved. They lacked humility. Humility. Man, when I think of humility, I don't know about you, but when I think of humility, I think of Jesus. I said to my wife last night, I said, honey, you, when you think of humility, we're laying in the bed about to go to sleep. I'm reading over my notes. I said, honey, when you think of humility, who you think of? She said, Moses. I said, Moses? She said, yeah, Moses told us he was humble in the Bible. I said, well, if Moses told us that he was humble, then that would mean that he was actually prideful because he was telling us that he was humble. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. You can't be, uh, oh, Moses, we know Moses was humble because Moses told us. Yeah, I'm so humble. That's pride. The Bible says that Jesus was humble. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 tells us that Jesus humbled himself and he became a man. Don't you know Philippians 2, 8 is the Christmas story? Here we are in the Christmas season and the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ left the Godhead 
He left the, his deity, came to the earth in the form of a baby, talking about humility, came into the earth in the form of a little baby. What's more humble than a, than a vulnerable baby? And Jesus, God, took on flesh and took on the flesh of a baby. How many of us would have done that? If we were God and we had to take on flesh, we'd probably take on the flesh of Arnold. Sylvester Stallone. I don't care what y'all say. Sylvester Stallone, 60 years old, doing Rocky, you go, man. I just had to hold one down for my brother. And, uh, but Jesus came in the form of a baby. And talking about humility, here we have the king of all kings. The Lord of all lords comes to the earth in the form of a little baby, and he is born not in a palace, not in, even in a hospital. But he was born in a stinky, smelly, cold, damp, dark barn. And then the Bible tells us that he was wrapped in discarded clothes and laid in an old feeding trough. Talking about humble beginnings, Jesus was humble. The Jewish people, they lacked humility, and they made themselves obnoxious and intolerant. And they saw themselves as guides, lights, correctors, teachers. But instead of leading and being a light to the Gentiles, they became absorbed in their own religious practice. And as a result, the Jews, rather than bringing the Gentiles to God, their attitude drove them away from God. Point number two they lacked obedience. We just read it in verses 21 through 24. Notice in verse 17, look at it again in your Bibles. You call yourself a Jew. You rely on the law. Verse 18, you know his will. Verse 19, you are a guide for the blind. Verse 21, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You then who preach against stealing, do you steal? Listen, Paul says it comes down to this. You have the law, do you keep it? See, you can see how others break the law. Do you see how you break it also? Notice in verse 23 in your Bibles, you make your boast in the law. Do you dishonor God by breaking the law? You see, the rabbis, give me your attention. The rabbis actually interpreted the law so they thought they were justified by the law, and in actuality, they turned the law into something ridiculous. The rabbis interpreted the law in such a way as for them to be justified by the law, which Jesus said, you have made the law something ridiculous. You've made a mockery. You've made a joke out of the law. Don't you remember in Matthew chapter 23, as Jesus says, you guys are so legalistic and religious, you strain at a gnat. Remember he said this? You strain at a gnat, but you swallow a camel's hump, Jesus said. You see, if these religious Jews were walking along and, 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 and they got a gnat in their mouth. Everybody know what a gnat is? Yeah. Okay. And they got a gnat in their mouth. They were so religious and so intent on keeping a law, they would take their fingers and stick it down their throats and try to kind of puke up like <laughs> trying to get that gnat up because they didn't know maybe that gnat landed on a Gentile and God forbid we come into contact with a Gentile. You understand? They made a joke out of the law. 
And Jesus said, he went on to say to them, you've got the little things down pat. You tithe of mint and cumin, but you've rejected and neglected righteousness and judgment and mercy. Jesus is saying, listen, you're all tied up in knots about petty, picky, non-essentials, and you really miss the important stuff. How about some equitable judgment? How about some mercy? How about some faith? Jesus is simply saying, your religion has made the law a joke. Saints, listen. Our religion today in the church has made the law a joke. We've made God's word a joke because of religion. People get all caught up in petty, small things. People come to church and you got to, you know, what to wear. You know, what do you wear to church? Listen, somebody asked me that recently, and you know what I tell them. They say, what do I wear to your church? I tell them something. <laughs> Amen. Cover that up. Oh, I ain't trying to see that. Be a blessing. What to wear to church? You know, but, but, but that's religion. See, people have been so caught up in religion that they have to wonder, do I wear a suit? You know, if I don't wear a suit, will I be accepted? People have been given, I've heard this. People have been given jackets when they come to a church because they didn't have a jacket on. This is ridiculous. What do you wear to church? Listen, you wear anything you want to wear to church. There are people in this church right now that have on a sport coat and jacket, maybe tie, and some with jeans and T-shirts. And that's the wonderful thing about church. It's not about you. Amen. Amen. When you come in, people are, oh, wow, look at you. No, that's not going to happen. Well, we're trying to look at Jesus. Amen, saints? Amen. It's not really about you, but we get so caught up with these petty little things and we completely forget about the condition of the heart. Listen, come as you are. That's what God's word says. You come to church just like you are. People come here. I remember one time a while ago, a sister came and she quite honestly was dressed in, you know, maybe something that's considered inappropriate. And then she had, you know, you know, she was made up and had a, something inappropriate. People came, oh, 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 Pastor Roddy, I mean, did you, did that sister, did you see what she had on? And look, what you, oh, did you see she had all that makeup? She's like, she devil, I mean, she was like, you know, and oh, did you see it? And I said, well, actually, I, I did see. Well, somebody should speak to her. No, we shouldn't. Why? Because you don't know, maybe that, woman has never been to church ever. Maybe she doesn't know that she should wear a certain thing. Maybe she's hurting. Maybe she's coming out of a certain lifestyle. Maybe she needs somebody to just accept her for who she is. And how about maybe you should maybe walk up to her instead of looking at her and judging her. Maybe you should say, hey, how you doing? What's your name? Maybe you should do that. And maybe you should just pray with her. And maybe you should befriend her. For me, listen, I am not concerned with what people wear. I feel that if I continue to teach the word of God, the Holy Spirit will dress people. Isn't that right? I, it's just craziness. I remember some years ago, we, my wife and I, we had recently gotten married. And I think I told you guys this story. And she, my wife, we wore, she, we were dressed up, we thought, I mean, and she had, you know, my wife had a skirt on. She'll tell you about this. She had a, like a skirt on, was a decent length skirt and everything. And it had a, a split in the back, you know, and it wasn't high. I mean, you know, ladies all wear those skirt things and they're not high or whatever. And somebody came up to her and said, oh, well, sister, what are you wearing? And she said, Clothes. Oh, that split, did you say? 
Yeah. Oh, that's split. Oh, that's just not saved. What does that mean? The split is not saved? I didn't know the split had a spirit. I mean, what is the deal with that? I mean, this is the kind of ridiculous, that is a true story. This is the kind of stuff. Christians get all caught up in what to wear to church. I told you earlier, Christians get caught up, can Christians dance? You know what I say, audience participation. Can Christians dance? Some can, some can't. Come tonight, I'm going to be doing a cabbage patch. The Roger Rabbit. See, I know I knew all that, now, did you? Elvira going to be flipping me around. Who knows? I mean, we just get caught up in all this legalistic stuff. You know, can Christians smoke? All of these things. Listen, I don't recommend it. I don't. Christian, no, you're not going to hell if you smoke cigarettes. I will tell you that right now. But, but I don't recommend it. It just is bad. It's just bad. It gives you bad breath and bad skin. And it's just, it's just not good. Don't, don't do that to yourself. You don't want to look real old. That's all I'll say about that. All right. You know, tattoos. I mean, all of these things. Now they got body piercings. And there's a brother that came to church one time. I, I don't even know if he was a Christian, actually, to tell you the truth. And, and, and he wanted to meet me after he came to church. And, and he sat for the service, and he wanted to meet me. He came up, and I was talking to some people and facing this way. And he had tattoos everywhere. I mean, I'm talking tattoos, ear piercings, nose ring. It was like a bone going through his head right here. I was like, so I'm, so I'm talking to this guy, right? I'm, I'm talking, hey, yeah, 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 praise all right, all right, we'll see you later. And I turn around, you know how I do, turn around to meet the next person, and he, he I, I turn around, I went, hey, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, oh, oh. Man, I'm going to hurt my back. I was just like, oh, 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 hey, man, how are you? Yeah, that's interesting. How are you doing? I mean, you know, you get, and so, I mean, this is what we face, but, and, and you know, here we are in this culture, I don't imagine that if anybody came to Jesus not dressed the way that, that, that you, know, you know, we thought they should be, or maybe with tattoos or piercing, Jesus would never turn anybody away. Amen. He never would. Don't let religion keep people from Christ. That's kind of the point here. You know, church is often distracted, and perhaps you can say amen to this. The church is often distracted with trivial stuff while the world is going to hell. Can you imagine? We're talking about what people wear and what they do and do they smoke or chew or go with girls who do. <laughs> and meanwhile, people are dying and going to hell. If it wasn't so sad, it'd be funny. You understand? So in verse 24, look at it in your Bibles again. I've got to move on. You make your boast in the law, but dishonoring God and the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles. Did you note that? Because of you. Man, think about that for a moment. That's a heavy statement. God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Listen, they didn't just fail to practice what they preached. They did the exact opposite of what they preached. And they were good at telling others what was right, but they did what was wrong. And the Gentiles saw the sin and the hypocrisy. And that sin and hypocrisy among the Jewish people caused the Gentile people to blaspheme God. 
David and Bathsheba, Nathan came to David and said, David, your sin has caused the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme God. Our lives can cause people to turn away from God. What does that mean to us? That means we have to watch our witness. We have to be careful. I've said it before. People may never read the Bible, but they'll read your life from cover to cover. People may have never read the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but they probably have read the gospel of you, and they're watching your life. Be a good witness. Be a good witness and watch your example because people are watching. I mean, think about the name Jew, as I told you, means praise to Jehovah. Because their lives reflected anything but praise to Jehovah, they had the law, but they didn't keep it. They bragged about the fact that God was Jehovah, but they didn't know him. They knew about him. They knew their history. They knew how powerful God showed himself over the years, and yet they didn't know him. They bragged about the fact that they knew God's revealed will, and yet they didn't follow it. They were instructors to others, but they didn't teach themselves, which caused the Gentiles to blaspheme the name of God. Finally, point number three, they lack understanding in verse 25 through 29. Look at verse 25. Saints, you're there. Say amen. Amen. For circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, now listen, this is a tongue twister, but, but I'll explain it. Just hang in there. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? And will not the physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you who even with your written code and circumcision are a transgressor of the law? For he is not a Jew who is one, notice, outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one, Inwardly, and circumcision is that of what saints? The heart, in the what? Spirit, and not in the letter whose praise is not from men, but from who? From God. Stop right there. Notice after Paul, give me your attention. After Paul has stripped away all of these things that the Jewish person would rely on, Paul anticipates their reaction. As a Jew might fire back with, well, what about circumcision? What about this special mark that makes us the people of God? You see, the Jews believe that circumcision guaranteed his salvation. And some of the rabbis taught that Abraham sat at the entrance of hell and made certain that none of his circumcised descendants went there. Also, a rabbi would teach that God will judge the Gentiles with one measure and judge a Jew with another. So the Jew felt that he had a special privilege because he was circumcised. Now listen, when a man was circumcised, listen close, it spoke of the fact of not just cutting away of the flesh outwardly, but it spoke of the cutting away of the heart. Circumcision was an outward sign of an inward reality. Baptism is what? An outward sign of an inward reality. Circumcision was to speak of the cutting away of the heart. Circumcision was an outward sign that something was taking place in the heart. But after a while, people were getting circumcised and saying, you know, look, I'm a Jew. Circumcision had become a badge of their Jewishness. 
And circumcision had become meaningless. And many people carry many badges in the church today. I've got church membership. I've got church. I've been baptized in church. You know, I I give to the church. You know, there's no heart involvement. It's just all motion and religious motion. Paul says, listen, if a person is circumcised, listen close. If a person is circumcised and not living like the people of God, and they are keeping the law of God, then circumcision is of no value. Or we might say, let's just suppose somebody who isn't circumcised keeps God's commandments. Won't that be acceptable to God? In other words, God is more concerned about a person's heart and actions rather than his actions. God is more concerned about the heart than he is the symbol. God is more concerned with the heart than he is your denominational affiliation. Amen. Amen. God's more concerned about the heart. The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. It's not about rituals and religion. God is more concerned with reality. And so often the church has set up things where it's more about the rituals. Please, my following comments are made with respect to you. I grew up in the Catholic Church. And I'm very familiar with ritual. I'm very familiar with religious doings. But none of those things were real in my heart. None of those things brought me really into a right relationship with God. All of the statues and the circumstance and the genuflecting and the holy water and all of these things, the confirmation and confession, that's ritual. There was no reality in my heart. Are you listening? God is more concerned with reality. Man is concerned with ritual. God says, hey, listen, you can be circumcised in the outward flesh all you want all day long. But if your heart has not been circumcised, it's meaningless. Mr. Jew, it's meaningless. God is more concerned with our heart. God wants our hearts to be real with him. And that's why we at Calvary Chapel, we don't really care where we meet as a church. You know, if you've been to other Calvary Chapels, you know, I know Calvary Chapels that have started in funeral homes. Like they had first Sunday morning service in a funeral home, which I told that pastor, I said, you probably never lacked for sermons, did you? The dead in Christ shall rise first. I am the resurrection and the life. Maybe they just had a funeral and left the casket there. We all will go this way someday. (laughs) Well, who cares where you meet? It doesn't matter. All the, you know, people drove by the church. Oh, I didn't know that was a church. Well, where's your church at? Well, it's on Calvary Chapel and 1010 and YMCA is right there. Isn't that a business park? Uh, That's a church? See, because people think a church is stained glass windows in the steeple. You know, and they drive right by it. I know people have like drove right by the church and they were looking for it one Sunday morning and they never found it. (laughs) And they finally got here and go, wow, I drove by this place 37 times. I didn't even know it was a church. That's because we don't care. And we really don't care. It's not about rituals. We don't have any statutes around the church, nothing like that. When you come in, there's no big to do. You know, a guy asked me recently, what are you guys doing on Wednesday night? And your church is crowded. I mean, the church parking lot is crowded on a Wednesday night. What are you guys doing? 
I said, teaching the Bible. He said, that's it? I said, well, what else is there? But there's no rich, you know, nothing big to do. Ain't nothing special about this church. Really, it isn't. I mean, no, no big, you know, to do. No pomp and circumstances, dancing bears and, you know, people flipping and da-da-da-da-da. You know, nothing like that's going on in here. We're just gathering to teach the Bible. That's it? Why? Because I understand, and I think you now understand, that God is more concerned with reality than he is ritual. Don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with stained glass windows. There's nothing wrong with steeples. There's nothing wrong with even some rituals. We have communion. That's a ritual. We got baptism. That's a ritual. There's nothing wrong with these things. But what happens is where the problem is, is where the ritual begins to take the place of reality. Now you have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. You understand? Man sees ritual. God sees reality. And Paul says, listen, you guys, the rituals and the religion that you have clothed yourself in will not make you right before God. Paul's intentionally painting a very dark picture. Now, listen, hold on. Don't get too discouraged. I know it's pretty dark at this point, but don't get too discouraged because it's going to get lighter as we continue to move through the chapters. You'll see in chapter three, it'll get a little bit brighter. In chapter four, we'll talk about faith. And then Paul's painting a very dark picture of all mankind. That men can see that we're all guilty before God, because if you're going to understand grace, you've got to understand how dark things really are. So that when the light of the grace and the gospel of God comes forth, it shines brighter and brighter and brighter on a very dark background. That's what Paul is doing. Stay tuned. Don't get discouraged. It will get brighter. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.